Hi, this is Rabbi Ari Spiegler with the Mitra Kila Sharmi Tefillah podcast. We continue in our discussion of the Tefillah of Kriya. Kriya is the seventh language form or expression of Tefillah. Kriya, we said, is a Tefillah calling upon Hashem by a certain name or attribute with the recognition that Hashem is listening and He has it within His ability to help. And by calling upon and focusing on this certain attribute or this name, we hope that Hashem will help us with that attribute or name or trait uh, in our situation of distress. Lo alenu. We continue in Ote, the fifth part of our conversation on the Tefillah of Kriya. We've noted that some Tefillot are longer and some are shorter, and how the Tefillah of Kriya can be something which is a very short, sweet, and to the point type of Tefillah, like the skilled archer who only needs one uh, arrow to hit his target. That is the nature of the Tefillah of Kriya. So here Rapinkas asks the million dollar question. And he says, If all this is true, and really we can have this powerful type of tefillah, which is very short, sweet, and to the point, it's very focused, it's very concentrated. So then, So why would we ever say that it's good to have a longer tefillah? We said that at times a longer tefillah is a high level. But why is it a high level? Why do we need that type of tefillah? What was Moshe doing for 40 days and 40 nights? That was the example that Rabbi Eliezer gave to his Talmudim in the Gemara Masachat Brachon and that sometimes a long tefillah is good, as we see from Moshe, 40 days and 40 nights. But why was that such a good thing? Why was that necessary? Use the tefillah of Kriya, the short, sweet, to the point, the small surgical strike, so on and so forth. Vaterutu says, Rapink is the answer. You're right. There are ways to have a tefillah which is really focused and directed and concentrated and on target. When a person utilizes this tefillah like the bow in his hand, so I read the Riya Achat Shemechuvan Shemechavin Kidibayi Poter Sharei Shamayim Amshich Shefa Chasadim Ain and he says, you're right, with that one shot perfectly on target, you're able to open up the gates of heaven and to bring forth all kinds of amazing, uh, you know, abundance, divine abundance and kindness uh, without limit. 100% it's enough to open up the treasure houses of the heavens with one tefillah. But we should still remember, we're talking about standing before Hashem in prayer. Let's say you have a tefillah of Kriya. Short surgical strike, sweet to the point. You nail it. You open it up, one shot, 100%, fantastic. So he says, let's say you have one of those tefillot. So, and then you go ahead and you do another one, just like that. So, So then you can open up the gatehouse, you can open up the gate, excuse me, in the treasure house again. Why would that be a bad thing? You can use these types of tefillot in succession over and over and over again, and you're going to get more and more and more each time. He says, It's very similar to Torah. What do we mean by that? That when Hashem was giving over the Torah, when He was giving over the Aserah, He brought the Ten Commandments, so each and every word that He said completely filled the world with bisamim, with pleasant fragrances, pleasant smells. V'ikshu. And many asked the question, After the entire world was filled up with these uh, you know, amazing fragrances after Hashem's first word, Anochi. So then why was there room or how was there room for additional fragrances when it came to the second word and the third word, so on and so forth? So, so he says what Hashem did was he, uh, he took out his ruach, uh, his spirit, his wind, whatever it is, from his otzar, from his uh, treasure house, and he was ma'avir rishon rishon. He would move 
all the amazing fragrances from the first word in order to make room for the second one. Quoting a pasuk here from Shirashirim that Siftotav Shoshanim, that his lips are Shoshanim, uh, are roses, notvot mor over, and they are. Uh, you know, dripping with uh, more, with myrrh, a certain type of uh, sweet-smelling sweet spice, which was over, which was passing by, meaning it didn't last forever. Rabbi Shua ben Levi says a similar idea. Every single word that left Hashem's mouth at the time of the giving of the Torah, the Aserah Dibrot, Yatzta Nishmatan Shal Yisrael, Shnemar Nafshi Yatzeah Bedabiro. Right? Uh, every single word that Hashem said, the souls of the Jewish people left their bodies based off the pasuk that my soul left when he spoke. So if they died after the first word right, of Torah, everyone drops dead, their soul leaves their body. So how were they able to hear the second word? They were dead. So says the Gemara that So the Gemara says that Hashem used some sort of dew which will be used later on in uh, Jewish history in order to resurrect the dead and he resurrected them so that they could hear it. And this would happen over and over again. First word, they would die. Second word, they would die. Third word. But each time, he would bring them back to life in the meantime. So, Hainu Shabbat Met, what we're saying here is, What are we saying with these different Midrashim? That the whole world is filled with fragrances. Their souls leave their body. That each and every single word of Torah uh, is so big and so powerful and so awesome that it literally fills up the entire world and it fills up the entire human being. Right? Similar to the, the fragrance in the entire world and the soul leaving the body, there is no longer room because the Torah is so big and powerful and awesome. And in theory, in theory, in theory, the world can only handle one word of Torah. And the body can only handle one word of Torah. Think about it. The expression, the words of Hashem, they're ain't sof. They're limitless. They're, they cannot be contained. So how could it be that there could be more than one word in the world? Even that one word itself shouldn't fit. Aval, Kadosh Baruch Hu, but Hashem, whose greatness is beyond all investigation, somehow Hashem is able to fit in another word and another word and another word, not only into the world, but into us as well. And with every single word, and with all uh, effort and toil that we put into our Torah study, and each time I learn Torah, somehow able to take all of this amazing, limitless godliness and to bring it inside of me. And I'm able to do it time and time and time again. It's the great miracle that Hashem allows. Says Rapinkis, The same is going to be true when it comes to our davening, but that we'll have to explain tomorrow.